Welcome to Last Time On. This is the podcast for people who want to watch all this prestige television, but who's got time for all of that? I know I don't. I don't either. <gasps> I'm Jafer. I'm Ben. Uh, and I'm Victor. This is Dominion Media Television. And we're here. We're going to do Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Uh, which is a very large show. <laughs> we have not... And we have not have tested this format. <laughs> yeah, none of us have seen it. We've not tested this format on a show this long before. So I'm going to talk about that for a minute because I'm assuming we've got a group of new listeners because of the popularity of Stargate SG-1. Anyway, there might be some fans, yeah. There might be some fans. So this is Last Time On. This is the podcast <clears throat> for people who want to watch this prestige television, but there's just so much... There's so much so much TV and they're all hour longs and they're all just mm-hmm. constantly with the new episodes and the new seasons. It's unattainable. And, yeah. Yeah. How many times have you been asked, Hey, you should watch this show. It's great. You'll really like it. And you're already watching the marvelous Mrs. Maisel and you just don't have the time. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't have time. I, yeah. I can't watch all mm-hmm. of the walking dead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Between doctor who and, and Melrose Place, I don't have time for anything new. You know, <laughs> Exactly. And so what we do here is we try to distill a show. Oh, yeah. But we don't, we don't do it, it in a way that makes sense, I suppose. No, sense. no not at all. Uh, that's, that sounds like less fun. Mm-hmm. You know, they say all art comes from pain. And for <laughs> us, that we pain is being a completionist, skipping 30 episodes. <laughs> so what we do here is we watch the pilot of a show and then i have a mathematical formula to figure out how many dice we roll based off the number of episodes and the target number of episodes that we want to watch in this case i've set the target to watching 13 episodes out of stargate's 200 some episodes you cannot argue (laughs) we're gonna miss some stuff (laughs) <laughs> which is significantly more than normal, but I also adjusted our target. Normally, we try to watch eight episodes of a show. For Breaking Bad, we ended up watching nine. For Into the Badlands, we ended up watching seven. So uh, it's just kind of random like that because we're going to be rolling dice, and that's going to tell us how many episodes we actually skip. And the dice this time, they're not loaded in the sense that they're cheat <laughs> dice. But there's a bunch of them. We are a mage casting fireball this season. <laughs> I have four D6 and one D4, which is going to be our dice for this show. So giving uh, us minimum jumps of five. I was like, yes, that is just so on brand. Five and a maximum uh, jump of 28. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but f- I'm still laughing about that. Four D6 plus one die four. That is just so on brand for Javert being so, him and his his Vorlon like calculations. <laughs> it's just like here we go. Here's the magic do, number. <laughs> if you've never listened to a podcast with me before, I like to make dick and fart jokes and do math. <laughs> That's my life. 
And I get to do both in this episode of the podcast, for sure. Surprising amounts of math in this episode. Some mm. of it makes sense. Yeah. Some of it doesn't. And, uh, uh, yeah. and I've, I've just wanted to say, uh, I've been really looking forward to doing this podcast with you guys. I loved last time on when I first discovered it. I was a huge fan of the system, and I was a big fan of Breaking Bad as well. And just listening to you guys do the show, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Just like skipping episodes so you, and making I, up your you're own You're a fan story. of Breaking Bad. I'm sorry for what we did. <laughs> we that was so that much fun. Know. I was screaming at the podcast like when you guys were making your predictions and your, your summaries. I'm like, wow, you are so wrong. Yeah. But this is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely loved so, it. I've been really looking forward to joining you guys. And I know, I know my fans of Dominion Media Television, we are so many Stargate fans. And for years now, since I started... Since I started the page back in 2019, I've been having so many messages from people being, hey, give us some crossover Stargate content. And I've always had to say, well, sorry, can't help you. I haven't seen it. And <laughs> so finally, I'm going to, I'm going to get some Stargate content coming in. I really loved... get a good grasp on the show. <laughs> I just want to say I loved the movie when it first came out. It came out in 94, I want to say. And so I would have been like mm -hmm. 12 like years that. old at the time. And I remember having... Star Stargate movie with Val Kilmer and James Spader on VHS, and I remember wearing that tape out. I watched it so much as a kid. I freaking loved it. I mean, Wasn't at the it, time, uh, oh, Kurt Russell, it, Kurt Russell, yeah. Val, I, I always Not, get those two guys confused. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had it on VHS. I probably hadn't hadn't watched it in twenty twenty five years. Uh, but I I remember <laughs> always being uh, laughing at the scene where they first enter into the temple on the other side because mm. the guys there's the, the the i guess air force i didn't yeah. pick that up the, the first yeah. like when i was a kid yeah. they were just soldier it to my my young brain but every time they <laughs> went around like a column or a corner there was a i'm cocking my gun noise yes and i was just like why would they why would they be cocking their guns all the time they would just be like walking around this temple with just Bullets laying everywhere, Unsuited. unfired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is such a, a TV trope that annoys the hell out of me this, yeah, these days. I mean, most of my fans know I've been I've been in the Army for 21 years. I'm, I'm about to retire. So, like, before, uh, I mean, even before I enlisted, I, I didn't ever even notice that. But now I, now I notice it. I mean, I'm, I'm a pogue, for those of you who know what that means. I mean, I've, I've fired a gun, like, eight times in my entire life. So, <laughs> so I don't know a whole lot, but I know a little bit. And... Yeah, that's that's such a trope. Every time a gun shows up on screen, it's like, it's like <laughs> guns in real life are yeah. not that noisy mm -hmm. when they're not being shot. A hundred percent. Also, if I'm going yeah. through a, a magic space uh, space alien teleportation device, mm. might have one in the chamber before I go, or at the very <laughs> least, like, hey, maybe I don't know how this is going to affect this. I don't want it to go off during transport. Yeah. Well, the second I get there, okay, let's go. <laughs> Not each time I go around a column. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they are pretty... Yeah, can you pretty... imagine if you walked through the Stargate and it just ignited every bullet on you at once? And that was just part of the process. <laughs> yeah. Man, what if they... I mean, a very you... short series. <laughs> it's fun. So, yeah, so uh, a lot of Stargate fans on DMTV. And I, I loved the movie as a kid. Watched it so many times. And then, see, so Stargate SG-1 premiered in 1997... So I would have been a little older, like 15, 16 at the time. And I just... On Showtime, I, right? It was... I have no idea. It must have been on... 
It must have been on network TV because we didn't. I didn't have cable a whole lot growing up, so maybe. I I uh, think the show started on Showtime and then it, moved to Sci-Fi. That makes sense. Yeah. Like, yes. Has it, I do or has it would come to be logo. known Siffy? Siffy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. I I remember <laughs> watching the first episode of SG One as a kid on TV, and I just I couldn't make it through the entire episode. I hated it. I'm like, this is dumb. This is nothing like the movie, and. Here we are, fast forward, what is it, 20, almost 25 years later, watching it again for this episode. You know, I'm, I'm older now, and watching it again, and I still fucking hate it. I, this is crap, I'm sorry, guys, this SG-1 <laughs> sucks compared to the movie. And uh, I know I'm pissing off a lot of my fans out there, but I don't know why you guys like SG-1 so much. Oh, it's the coolest thing ever. No, it's cheesy, it's lame. And I know Javert is over there, like, cringing right now, because we got all these <laughs> new viewers coming in, and I'm, I'm just... I'm going, I'm pulling a President Clark over here. I'm all, I'm just scorched earthing my own fans, being like, you guys are done, the show sucks. <laughs> if I cared about pissing people off and not getting viewers, I wouldn't have gone on one of my single leftist rants. And we ah, both yeah. know how prone to those I am. So, oh yeah, those start some dumpster I'm just fires. Hoping, yeah. I'm just hoping it gets a little better. Like, this was clearly doing a lot of, okay, how do we get from movie with a rather definitive ending to yeah. 90s adventure show. Okay, mm-hmm. we've got to do a lot of table Serialized. setting here. Yeah. I'm hoping once we get into it feels like it's going to be a adventure of the week plus like a mm-hmm. little bit of serialization layered over the top. I'm hoping it gets better past the pilot. I, to me I it feels like be, I'm watching Yeah. I was just going to say it feels like I'm watching Seinfeld with the Stargate wallpaper in the background is what I'm watching when I watch SG1. <laughs> Now I'm I'm going in with an open so mind, like I, I said. I've not seen this movie. You never seen the original movie? I've I've not seen Start. the original movie, and so oh, I don't man. have a pedestal to put this show on. I don't expect to be put on a pedestal, but please show a little respect. I'm, I'm sorry. You don't expect to be put on a what? On a on a pedestal. A pedestal. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I was kind of like meh about it. And then they made the MacGyver joke at, like, the 30 or 45-minute mark or whatever yes. it was. Yes. And seeing the side-eye with the MacGyver joke, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I get it now. I know why people like this show. Okay, yeah. I'm here for this. Yeah. Well, I'm going in with an open mind now. Before before this podcast, I would never completed an entire episode of SG-1. I, I remember trying to give it another chance over the years and I could never make it through an entire episode. So, but here we are. I'm going to open mine, do it again, and see what all the fuss is all about. <laughs> so, how this is going to work is, this episode's pretty straightforward. We're just going to talk about the pilot, go through the plot of the pilot. We'll make some predictions. That'll be the end of the episode. We'll find out how many episodes we're going to skip, and we will read a short synopsis of that episode. And then, that's it. It's next episode where things start to get fun, where we've mm-hmm. skipped somewhere between four to tr- or five to twenty-eight episodes, and then we have we'll be making predictions going off of that, and then we and also going have, back and going back. We have a couple things that we'll do. Any of the hosts can prompt a last time on, which is them predicting something that has already happened. We can challenge each other with a wahapahar. <laughs> where we force one of our co-hosts to explain something that we don't understand in the show based off of things that have previously happened. And then we can get weird with it. 
where yeah. we, all the hosts will throw out a suggestion or two that is completely off the wall. We think we've been right before. <laughs> yeah, until it turns out that Patchy and Minerva had a relationship. <laughs> yeah, did not see that coming. And that's the kind of stuff that let's get weary with it so we won't really find out until the synopsis. I know there's going to be some social media engagement on our predictions. We'll talk about that later in the episode when we make those predictions. I'm going to come out and say it right now. Not reading the comments on any of that stuff. Yep. I'm not reading reading the comments on a single Stargate meme that DMT posts. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to spoil myself on accident on anything. And so if you leave a comment for me in there, I'm never going to fucking see it. (laughs) I, I appreciate the engagement, but just... I'm being upfront about it now. I can't risk spoilers for the show. Yeah. So I will not be engaging in any of that stuff. Uh, I've I can seen promise you the... the second we finish the show, I will go back and engage in every single one of those comments <laughs> because my anxiety won't let me not. <laughs> You're a good man, Ben. <laughs> I, I've seen laugh. some of the comments. I've seen the comments and the memes, and I don't get them at all. So they don't make no sense to me. <laughs> when I made the announcement on the page that there's going to be Stargate co- content coming in, I had so many, so many weird memes that I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about. So, <laughs> considering <laughs> the format of the show, yeah, considering the format of the show, I may, I may never will. So, <laughs> I will say I'm not going into the comments on any MacGyver memes or any God of War memes. Interesting. <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah, MacGyver and God of War. Just what, can't uh, risk it. Yeah, all right. Are, are you doing a rewatch of MacGyver, because, Ben? Or? Well, O'Neill is MacGyver. Yeah. Our main character. And okay, then okay, yeah. Teal is the voice of Kratos. From no God way. I did not know that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, cool. I got to say so we're watching a show on Amazon Prime for the first time, which has X Ray. Uh, uh, normally, be Ben. Yep. Yeah, normally you're all about the IMDb when you watch, but you've had to avoid it. X-Ray does not give details unless you start digging in. So you can just hit pause and get an actor's name. That's helpful. Oh, that's convenient. It yeah, is. Nice. Fortunately, I recognized some people like Don Davis, who is a perfect uh, 90s and 80s that guy as our general. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, we know we're in for quality here. Like, this oh, guy is, is going to deliver some exposition. Is that, is that the, um, the the Hank Schrader looking guy with the bald head? Uh, yeah. And the, yeah. 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 The general. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's got big general energy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. General Hammond. That? Yep. We're ready to get started. Yeah. Let's, let's do, do it. Let's do it. We open on a poker game, firmly yes. setting the show in PNG era canon of Star Trek. <laughs> well, because they are doing something I've only seen in '90s TV playing face-up poker. (laughs) I've never seen this outside of a 90s sci-fi show. You're right. I don't get it. Uh, it, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was in there as a TNG homage. Yeah. Yeah. The The timing is right. This would have been after the finale. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, A question for you guys. um, What were they eating in that scene? I analyzed this way too much. I paused it and tried to zoom in. Well, I know in a second we've got a guy who's laying dead in a pile of ruffles. And I was just like, ooh, (laughs) they've got ridges. Ruffles have that. I couldn't tell because that is a massive bowl of snacks they got on that table. And I was like, are those potato chips? Are they cookies? And looks like they're drinking coffee, but 
I don't know if it was supposed to be like booze or something. Anyway, like I said, I read into this opening scene way too much. I, was like, what are you... <laughs> I, I will I will freely admit, unlike unlike Victor here, I have never served, but it did seem like a lot of snacks for on duty yeah. soldiers sneaking away that, from their duties. That that's one hundred percent. That's legit. <laughs> oh, okay. <Checks> out. No, <laughs> okay. that's when cool. you're when okay, you're that's, no. that's more snacks than I could get s- sneaking away at CVS. So, <laughs> like. <laughs> No, that that so far is the most accurate thing about this scene is, oh, I'm sorry, uh, that is the, the 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 one thing that is not accurate of the scene is these guys are bitching about this detail. They're like, oh, this detail sucks. I hate this. I'm like, no, you landed the dream job, guys. You're fucking off yeah. eating snacks, playing poker, and getting paid. There's nothing. No, if this was a real situation, they'd be like, hell yeah, this is awesome. And then the gate opens and ruins it because that's what happens too. Yes. Every time you land a dream a dream job, it, something fucks it up. So. <laughs> Uh, I have a question for you, Vic, here. Mm-hmm. What is the term for an Air Force grunt? Airman, uh, wingman, that's what they call each other. But these guys specifically are, this is something they did get right. For the the MPs, I think they called them SF, security forces. They wear berets. And also this is the 90s, so I don't know if, how things were back then. But the rest of the service, we just call them assholes because they have it easier <laughs> than the rest of us. <laughs> I'm sorry, Air Force guys, but you know it's true. The one thing I regret is not Easier going than the Coast Guard. Uh, yeah, definitely. Coast Guard has actually got it a lot rougher than you'd think, like because they're constantly working, intercepting, like smuggling and cartels and crap. So yeah, no, the, I, I got a lot of respect for Coasties. Yeah. So they're just I have a little playing respect cards. For Air Force too, so. <laughs> <laughs> they're just playing cards. The gate opens up, and a bunch of Serpentors walk through. Serpentor. Cobra, Cobra, Cobra. Yeah, we don't need it. We don't need a drop. Ben can do the voice. Cast you, GI Joe. And the airmen just start blasting at these maybe bulletproof serpentors. They're like, yeah, they seem selective. Uh, the bullets bounce off. Five of those guys die. Oh wow, five. five. Was, mm. Yeah, eight people entered, three leave. So five of the serpentors get killed by four <laughs> air corpsmen, despite them having bulletproof armor, surprise, and outnumbering them. Well, this is not a realistic suck. tactical yeah. engagement. <laughs> their guns do suck. The, the alien like staff guns. It is yeah, not well. Not, they're cool, but not practical no. at all. Yeah. Yeah, they definitely got the rule of cool uh, going. Yeah. Something I did notice about these these uh, I guess what are we, what are we gonna call them, the the snake goons, I guess was what we could call them. I uh, I, I call them serpentors throughout my entire serpentors. That works. So I don't know if they serpentor works, works yeah. for me. Yeah. The one thing I did notice about them is they are different than the Stargate alien goons in the movie, because I something I really focused in on is there were two types in the movie. One of them had a had an eagle face on their giant metal mask and the other one had a jackal and i found out later that there's yes. supposed to be representing the egyptian god horus and the oh god i'm i'm losing anubis yeah anubis anubis yes. for the expanse fans out there mm-hmm. uh, yeah anubis is the so, jackal and horus is the eagle yep yeah and so these guys are something new so i think they're supposed to be representing apophis who is also another egyptian god related to snakes i'm sure i've got some archaeologists and historians out there who are screaming at the their, their phone right now. No, <laughs> no we, we learn in this episode, Apophis is the snake god, 
and okay. Ra's counterpart, and we get some lip service paid to that. Um, Take that, Bembridge scholars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm imagining uh, a lot of mummy drops during this during yeah. this show. Ooh, yeah. So yeah, I was surprised by all the blood. Yeah, there was, which is why the whole Showtime thing makes more sense to me as well. Okay, uh, yeah, because that's definitely more of a Showtime thing than a sci-fi thing. It also explains how they got that MacGyver money. We get the main theme after this, and well, but uh, first it's important. One of our airmen gets got. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, they get yeah, captured. Yeah, the blonde, the blonde girl. They uh, they take her back to the gate. Yeah, and you just reminded me of something with the the music. Uh, I, I I hate the music in this scene. Like I'm sorry, guys. I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna be a Gator hater so much. But the the music when when the Serpentors come through the gate, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. It sounds like the Disney Jumbo theme. It's like like here come the bad guys. Like I could not get into it. Like I want to go back and remake this with like a Hans Zimmer soundtrack or something because it just sounded so fucking goofy. And another thing, and another thing, the zoom in when the Serpentors are coming through the gate, they are wearing the same boots as the Air Force guys. <laughs> like, I know those boots. Those are Rothko brand leather boots with some, like, Renfair-style uh, greaves placed over them to make them look like metal boots. Maybe this worked back in the 90s when there, we didn't have the HD resolution, but I'm seeing it. And it's just it's just super cheap as hell. Except for the main bad guy, the, the HD goon has Prime. been the 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 bane, yeah, the bane. of anything made before two thousand four. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's just and, like, and eh, nobody's gonna see this. Who cares? Yeah. The the main goon boss, uh, I think it's Apophis Actual there in the gold. Yes, it's he's wearing yeah. the same thing, but it's just spray painted gold. Like that's <laughs> again, maybe it's just because it's been upscaled to HD that I'm noticing this. But yeah, that. <sighs> gator hater. You know what? I'm going to start a, a gator hater count for Victor for each episode. Gator hater, <laughs> two points so far. All we're, right. We're, yeah, we're at two. <laughs> so we're 20 minutes in and we got to the theme song. <laughs> I, I was not impressed by this theme song. It might grow on me, but I think the music we get right after the theme when it's MacGyver getting marched around the base and stuff is better than this theme song. Mm -hmm. Well, Jafar, not every sci-fi show is going to have a bespoke theme song for every season. It's so true. Let's yeah. just... I'm spoiled on Babylon 5. So we I, have I do some, gotta say, I've got uh, the SG-1 Luke's... theme stuck in my head lately ever since I saw this episode. I keep... It, it's on repeat <laughs> in my head. Um, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not... I mean, I, I kind of like it. I think it's not bad, but, you know... Not, not even worth a, a hater point for me, so I, I, I do kind of like the theme. <laughs> so we have some mooks who meet up with Jack Guyver. Uh, they're to bring him to an Air Force general, and then we get kind of a recap of the movie over the next handful of scenes where they'll talk so about a little exposition. bit of the movie, do some stuff, talk about the movie a little bit, do some stuff, talk about the movie. Yeah, make sure everybody's yeah. caught up. Because yeah. I had no idea what the fuck happened. So this was useful <laughs> for me. The the scene where the where the Air Force suits come in to to get um, Colonel MacGyver that is really that's almost a shot for shot re reimagining of the scene where we introduce Kurt Russell in the movie <laughs> where his character gets picked up uh, a, a government sedan pulls in the Air Force guys in full dress uniform come in and they're like we need to speak to 
uh, Colonel O'Neill. The only difference is this time he's uh, he's on the roof looking through a telescope. In the original movie, he was in in his kid's bedroom brooding, which yeah, it was pretty yeah. pretty heavy stuff. But I'm sure we'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, just yeah. The short, one thing I did like though I... was in the. In the, in the in the movie, if I'm recalling correctly, like they really have to drag him in. In this one, as yeah. soon as they're like, "Hey, it's the Stargate," he's like, oh, "It's on." Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of assumption in the these scenes that the Stargates are set with their destination. Yeah. Um, and that really bothered me. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That seems completely mm. nonsensical to me. I was going to say, even in the movie, the, the mechanics about how the gate is supposed to work don't completely make sense. But that's okay. That's, you can suspend a little bit of disbelief there. Well, hold on to your suspension of disbelief, because it's about to take a fucking beating. I think it's, in the movie, they're trying to be like, this is the only place we can go. You don't have to worry about other people showing up. Like, let's just yeah. keep the story contained. And now they're but, trying but to I be mean, like, if... hey, how about we go to, on a new yeah. crazy adventure every week? Uh, <laughs> but still, w what doesn't make sense to me is if that was the only place the gate goes, then why do you have to dial in the fucking coordinates to the next gate? Like, why would you do that? If, if, you, may, if you have a wormhole that only goes one place, why do you have to punch in the address for the destination? That doesn't make sense to me. So, Well, it could be like a lock, I guess. But if yeah. they're so set on no one using this portal and coming mm -hmm. through... You destroy it on the other one side. You destroy the one on Earth too. No, ooh, you pull it no, out yeah, of the there. basement. You take it to the desert, in Nevada, and you fucking nuke the thing. Well, no one's coming an, through then. That that's another plot point. I'm curious about. I might put this in my predictions. I, I think it is implied that the material the Stargate is made out of is indestructible, because that was a major plot point in the movie. Is like it's some kind of mineral that's not on the periodic table. Yeah, which doesn't make any the, sense. Yeah, of course. But the the Egyptian descendants who were the humans on the other planet that the that Ra had kidnapped and turned into slave labor, that's their job is they mine the minerals that the Stargate is made of. Like that's that's what their slave labor is for. And that's their they're mining the minerals to guess build more starships and gates and whatnot. So I have a yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that this material I don't know if they're ever gonna give it a name. But whatever the material is that the gate is made out of, it's like vibranium. It can just do... It's going to be unobtainium. Wait, the starships are made of the same unnukable material as the Stargates, yet we're okay with the ship getting nuked in orbit? It's a good point. Well, the nuke was inside okay. the ship. <laughs> well, if I, yeah, okay. I guess if they yeah, don't build, build the walls out of that stuff. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But also, that if you can't sense, destroy yeah. the thing, here's, here's the secret. You take it, put it on its side over a big yeah. pit. <laughs> And then everybody who comes in here just ends up at the bottom. <laughs> oh, God, that is genius, yeah. Yeah, that's better than the stupid yeah, Iris they, they came up the, with. The sequel, Stargate, right after, after Stargate Universe, Stargate colon pit. Stargate <laughs> the pit. Just, oh, there's a good spin It's actually Stargate just the, the Mortal pit. Kombat pit. <laughs> it was spikes at the bottom. Yeah, like scorpions guarding this thing. They turn it on its side and just a bunch of spikes take care of it. Yeah. Then I guess um, the then, so then the bad guys would just start wearing parachutes <laughs> through the through the gate, and they just immediately pull the parachute. Mm -hmm. But then you're just stuck in the pit. Never mind. I'm overthinking this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack gets reunited with his old unit after being told they're going to nuke the other star side of the Stargate. Uh, it's the only way to be sure. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. I do like how General, General Hammond this whole time is just kind of like, man. I wish I would have gone to work with my cousin in theme parks. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Jack grabs a box of Kleenex, send it through, mm. knowing that the right person will understand the message, and the Stargate reopens to an empty box with a note, send more. Were his yeah, allergies he... really such a thing in the movie? Oh, yeah. In in the original movie, the character was played by James Spader, and yeah, he was that was his thing. He was sneezing constantly, even before they went to the other planet. This guy had just had some horrible allergies. He was constantly blowing his nose. It was a comedic thing, because like the... The Special Forces Air Force guys would be there loaded up. They got all their guns ready, and he's in the back just blowing his nose. It was it was played for comedic effect. I just little, made a little note that I found it interesting that I guess at the time James Spader was too good for television, and he couldn't reprise his role as Daniel Jackson. And, I mean, just oh, how times have changed. You know, now James Spader is doing all kinds of TV. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah. We go to a mission briefing with a lot of casual misogyny after this. Uh, oh god, that was I think, terrible. I think oh yeah, because apex it's of a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the apex of this scene is it's not because you're a woman. I love women. It's because you're a scientist. Yeah. yeah fuck science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Th- there's a lot of hate coming from MacGyver about scientists. Like fucking scientists, God, he's like a Republican up in there, and he's like, "Go to hell with your science." Yeah. Get out. <laughs> well, it's also uh, I I found it really weird that the main character of main character of our sci-fi escapist show, a show <laughs> normally just targeted at nerds, is an mm-hmm. anti-nerd b- bully. Uh, <laughs> in this paper, I will discuss. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's part of why, like, we like TNG because we like seeing. Like, we like seeing the nerds in charge. And this is just... We get a guy who's just like, all you people who watch this show are dumb. And I, don't, I wouldn't personally like you. Uh, 100 hours of airtime in the Gulf War. Wasn't that war, like, three oh. weeks long, guys? <laughs> it was not particularly long. Um, I, didn't, I didn't catch it, that. That's brilliant. It's impressive. Yeah. She uh, flew all the missions. It was just her. <laughs> it's like thirty hours a week, right? Yeah. Like she she was flying two planes at a time. Why you got you got before flying, you've got after time flying. Like there's mm. a lot of shit that goes into just getting in a plane. I have to imagine. So thirty hours a week for three weeks straight, it's got to be fucking exhausting. Mm-hmm. They agree to go on a twenty four hour recon mission as is going to be, I'm guessing, the standard for this show, given it happens twice in this episode. Yeah. Uh, and then they go through the Doctor Who opening credits and end up on Abydos. <laughs> yeah, that effect, that was another prediction that I made before watching the show. I, had, I, I made a whole bunch of predictions uh, before I even started the episode, and a lot of them came true in the very first episode, and one of them was that they were going to reuse... A lot of footage from the movie and yep sure enough that that sequence the little wormhole sequence that is just copied and pasted directly from the movie oh reuse that footage yeah and and what's really funny is like the for a a fraction of a second when the sequence starts it's james spader's face going through the wormhole (laughs) because and when he first goes through it he steps through (laughs) face first just to to look into it and then his then the hyperspeed effect goes in and yeah 
if yeah for like a fraction of a second it's James Spader every time that sequence starts. They go through. We get our MacGyver line. We get reintroduced to a bunch of characters. The troop needs to investigate, but it's a sandstorm outside, so they stop for a dinner and drink. Alien moonshine. That's the dream. Mm. <laughs> Give me some alien <laughs> moonshine. Hell yeah. Okay. No, here I am about to get up on a soapbox. Yes. <laughs> because this is one of the things that annoys me in both sci-fi and fantasy is we get mythical, like, X different alcohols. Like, oh, <laughs> elven wine is so much stronger. Uh, oh, Romulan ale will get you messed up. And it's like, there's, there's a certain percentage of alcohol that at a certain point, it is just rubbing alcohol. We've already got that. We've got the thing that is the most alcohol it can be. I've uh. drank Everclear. It sucked, <laughs> but I've had it. Uh, there is nothing in yeah, the galaxy that you yeah. can give me that is stronger than Everclear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they mix diesel with it or something. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> like there could be other new... stuff involved, Yeah, but it can't be stronger. So it there is no blood wine That's a good point. that is going yeah. to get me more messed up than some, like, 120 proof whiskey. That's a good point. Yeah, like in all sci-fi uh, talking about it, like Klingon alcohol is stronger than Earth alcohol. It's like, yeah, you're right. No, alcohol's just alcohol. Yeah, once you get yeah, to the there is there is like, a a set ratio. <laughs> <laughs> so Klingons drink rubbing alcohol. So That's I will what it say is. that makes sense. I mean, that would make sense. I I, I have a couple <laughs> things here. I have a lot of experience with brewing and spirits and stuff <laughs> in a professional setting. Uh, I apprenticed at a brewery in college, and I've spent a lot of time talking to a lot of industry professionals about this stuff. So, Barry, you look like you apprenticed in a brewership. That beard is epic, man. Like you, like, <laughs> you, you got the um, brewer man beard going on. <laughs> this beard is almost as nice as the nicest beard Ben ever had. Almost, almost. It's not quite there, but it's. I'm. I'm I, I don't know that I'm I'll envious ever. of my your facial hair, my friends. Bit. Anyways, so one. I assume the issue with this is not that it's super strong, but rather that it's super unrefined. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's just no filtering on this, and the ethanol mix, it, alcohol mix, is off, and that can be dangerous. Mm. So I think that's part of what's going on. Two, Romulan Ale. So at Star <laughs> Trek Las Vegas two years ago, they debuted Romulan Ale. I talked to the guys from Star Trek Wines who make it, and the conversation that we had was about yeast being able to only brew a certain percentage on Earth. And the assumption is, mm. is that yeast on Romulus can just brew <laughs> what we would normally have to still to on Earth. Okay. Which is why so Romulan a ale is a that vodka. Is, yeah. So it's a beer that's bod vodka strength. Yes. So wait, that, so wait they, they made Neat. actual alcohol Romulan ale? Like, because I've had, yeah. I've had Romulan ale rom before, but it was an energy drink. So they've made a vodka and a rye whiskey that are, they call Romulan Ale. And then they've also nice. got blood wine. They've got a couple Ryzen wines. Shout Ooh. out to the Star Trek wines people. Most of their Do they also make the Chateau Picard? Decent. Yes, they also make the Chateau Picard. <laughs> is it crap? Um, that is always... <laughs> the Chateau Picard's pretty good. Yeah. It was not my not favorite, it's not myself, my favorite but, type yeah. of wine. If I were to have to rank them and you were looking for the bottom, it would probably be the Ryzen wines were the ones I enjoyed the really? least. But none of them are yeah. bad wines. Yeah, okay. Clear. 
I am I morally object to paying more than thirty dollars for a bottle of wine, short of something absolutely <laughs> ancient or spectacular. And so yeah. I will I will take away from them from that. But they also have marketing, and their bottles are really cool. I have a handful of their bottles up on my shelf from this last STLV. But yeah, shout out to the Star Trek Wines people. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with you both yeah. last year and the year before. And you do fun stuff at the conventions, and I always enjoy it. <laughs> um, anyways. The storm clears up, and I can't help but wonder if this series is just the ancient wonders guy going aliens. Uh, <laughs> That's a big part of it. It's a big yeah. part of it. I'm going to have to go back to see pyramids. If, if... Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and see if ancient aliens guy was before or after Stargate, if he got his thing. Like, did Stargate inspire ancient aliens man, or was it the other way around? So I have to ask, because colonialism... <laughs> is the premise of this show that aliens built the pyramids on earth is that um, in the movie uh no, yes yes it, it is. is that or or well, yes but well. a big part of it is aliens came back to earth and inspired like like took over the egyptians and like treated them as slaves and mm -hmm. so if either they made them build stuff or they the stuff they made them build inspired them going forward once the aliens had left. So, like, it wasn't... Yeah. They didn't stay there and direct the next, you know, 2,000 years of Egypt. It was... Yeah. yeah. In, in the original movie, the story was Ra came to Earth seeking slave labor and also a new, a new host for his body because his original alien body was dying and he found that humans were very compatible as hosts. And so he infected one of them like a like you know like a parasite, and he became the new one. And it's also hinted at that the he hints that human bodies are very simple and easy to repair. So he's able to expend ex extend his lifespan indefinitely with his magic rock technology. Ah! This isn't crystal. He's got wood. He's got wood. Uh oh, that doesn't sound peaceful. That he uses. He actually has a bathtub in his spaceship that you can get in. And you seal yourself, and it restores all your hit points, and all that. So. Oh, it's like a back to tank. Yeah, <laughs> I like how we came up with different, <laughs> yep. different Lazarus nerd references that are the yeah. same. Thing. <laughs> yeah, um, and I'm not sure if in the movie I don't remember if it was implied that when Ra came to Earth, he stole their religion, and like they already had the Egyptian mythologies uh, at the time, and he just learned what it was and said that he was raw or if he brought that to earth and because of him all the mythology spawned i'm not sure which was which okay well i just wanted to give a shout out to every bullshit colonialist white dude who assumes <laughs> that egyptians couldn't have built the pyramids but has no problem mm. with any of the other ancient wonders that weren't built by africans because fuck every single yeah. one of those people Mm -hmm. should... fair. There was a line from Red Putting Dwarf. Putting everything I don't know if you into can... a pile is so difficult. <laughs> they stacked these rocks so perfectly. How did they move such massive pieces of stone without the aid of modern technology? They had massive whips, remember? Massive, yeah. massive whips. <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, <laughs> Captain Doctor gives some lip service here to having tried hundreds of combinations on that Stargate, which is how they know 
There's only the one, and it's a lock. And I'm just going to yeah. give a guess here that there's 40 different symbols on this Stargate. We see seven very go close. in. Uh, yes, very close. There's without seven-digit code. Seven-digit yeah. code we see. Oh, okay. Okay, well, I didn't do the math for 36, but I did do the math for 40. So if there's 40 on there with seven different yeah. combinations, that means that there's 93 billion different possible combinations for the Stargate. Yeah. You tried a couple hundred and assumed you were right and called it good? <laughs> yeah. Bad scientist. Bad, bad scientist. Bad scientist. <laughs> yeah, to fair, she was too busy dropping bombs on Iraqi oil fields to do any more math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I've got a very good friend who is, is an absolute huge fan of Stargate. She's seen all the movies multiple times every single episode owns all the dvds she even has gone to auction prop auctions and i think she owns some like actual original props from the thing so i texted her saying it's like hey i'm doing a spark stargate podcast would you mind being my resident expert and she just was like yes and then sent me like a dozen pictures of all her stargate <laughs> like swag and stuff and i specifically asked her how many symbols are there? And I'm pretty sure she said 36. I might be wrong. I'll have to go through my text messages. But yeah. Okay. Because I, I was curious about that. So anyway. I just kind of shot from the hip and took a look at the size yeah. of the thing and guessed how many there were. So <laughs> that feels good to be very close. <laughs> mm. Well, what's interesting here, though, is we get just recapping everything that happened in the first movie. And then somehow the bad guys know like are we thinking that they know that they're there or are we thinking that they just happened to be raiding everywhere and they that's happened the to go to I, uh yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, that's what i assumed they that they're just going everywhere yeah which apparently they're just looking for women because they 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 cut to a scene later where they have a whole room full of uh, women all in the same like white gown and they're like looking yeah. for a new host for apophis's queen and that's just it's like okay yeah. that's what we're doing we're just pillaging planets and 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 kidnapping women that's what these aliens do yeah they've just got binders okay. <laughs> filled with women <laughs> okay nice. men. that joke was for like eight people <laughs> that was my favorite thing that happened during the 2012 election was like a not insignificant people thought Mitt was short for Mitten and that he was Mitten Romney. <laughs> Anyways, they figure out that they need to compensate for Stellar Drift just in time for Sepentor no and the sense. boss to come through like Miley Cyrus in 2013. Alexa play Wrecking Ball. This time our weapons are way less effective. But one of the grunts watches the mm. input code on yeah. the star scale, stargate scale, whatever the thing is that you push the buttons on. Yeah, the little dial device. Yeah, yeah. this is for... That didn't yeah. make any sense to me, their explanation for stellar drift. That that didn't make any sense to me at all. It's like, how do you... Like, how does that work? Like, I understand the concept of stellar drift and what they're talking about. It's like, okay, yeah, but that... That I can I can make make sense. What I can't make sense is how do you input that onto the Stargate with just thirty six symbols that you have to dial? 
Like, how do you tell it's so, a factor for stellar drift? I'm guessing kind of like, uh, kind of like, uh, yeah, the symbols yeah, to me look like constellations. I don't know if that's actually yeah. a thing, but they looked like they could be yeah, they were. constellations of some variety. That's that's what they um, were in the original so, movie. They said that the symbol, each symbol corresponds to a different constellation. So, which also doesn't make sense because those okay. constellations only exist if you're looking at space from Earth. So you're not going to get yes. those same constellations on a different planet. And also, those constellations at this time probably aren't there anymore because of, you know, uh, light speed. Stellar so, drift. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, even the fact that, you know, after a few thousand yeah. million years, those stars have gone supernova and they're not there anymore. So, so many things I have an issue with. But whatever, I can get past that. What I can't get past is how do you plug in all the fucking math for stellar drift using just that dial? Like, unless unless the Stargate has a fucking Ethernet port that you can plug into to reprogram it, like this, it does not seem possible to me. So, anyway, that's my big rant. Another Gator Hater point. We're up to three. Here's how it works. <laughs> Here's how it works in my brain, because this also bothered me, so I thought about it. <laughs> I also thought about it while drinking like very high strength CBD CBD tea before bed last night, so maybe not <laughs> healthy. Right. No, that's how you make it make sense. <laughs> Jafar, your notes just say we're all connected, man. Um, <laughs> Shout out to my DMT fans out there who got like the wrong opinion. idea from the initials DMT. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so. If these are your constellations and they were possibly like a path, so like the constellations probably, I'm assuming that Earth isn't even the origin. So, you know, these are constellations viewed from whatever planet they're from, I would imagine. Uh, but the set of stars would still be like, you could refer it to like a set of stars has like a path in a certain point. Now, obviously, you're taking a three-dimensional space and making it two-dimensional, so the stars yeah. in the constellation might be nowhere near each other, but if you're using that constellation to refer to a specific star in it, like this constellation, this is the major star of this constellation, you could be theoretically plotting a course in 3D space that leads from one point to another. I would assume that the first coordination in the constellation is your destination or your source and the bottom is the destination mm -hmm. possibly reverse depending on cultural standards and then the rest of the five are the path you take between them and it either works or it doesn't based off of the other stargates <laughs> you might be passing through it makes sense to me each, each oh. one of those uh, symbols was a stargate and there were just the 35 or 37 or whatever that and it's so like you're tracking path you so it's like this one to this one to this one to this one to this one. And it's about the distance between them much more so than yeah. like charting <clears throat> a path. Because we see that makes so much more sense if each through. symbol corresponds to an individual stargate. That makes a lot more sense to me. That Yeah, I didn't even uh, consider that. If each symbol is a different stargate, that's, yeah, I just assumed that they were pointing to random stars out there. But yeah, if each symbol is a different gate. I pro oh god, I feel so dumb. This is probably obvious to people. <laughs> anyway, now that makes sense. <laughs> no. Oh, it's not. Jafar's <laughs> just making. Oh, like, for sure. Just trying to manufacture. Hand me a bunch of puzzle pieces and tell me to make a picture, and I will, even if they're from a different puzzle. I'll make no. it happen. That's just the way my brain works. I'm an artist. 
You give me a fucking tuber, I'll get you something out of it. So then we cut back to uh, yes. our guard who got got. And shot in, we get our obligatory uh, 90s yeah. This feels uh, like a Prince video nudity. if it were set in ancient Egypt. Uh, would not want to watch that. Uh, we also uh, get, uh, we also ask our sci-fi for some trill and we get told that we have trill at home. Uh, we uh, we see the weird belly snake. She's like, nah, I don't like this uh, this blonde guard. And so our guard gets zapped and we get the mouth blood so, of a dead character. I, I have to bring something up right now. So there's five dead guards that all have this pouch sitting at Stargate mm-hmm. headquarters. And as we see at the end of the episode, when one of these dudes gets yes. killed, the parasite can leave and go join on someone else without That's needing any type of got. surgery or anything. Are there five yeah. fucking infiltrators at Stargate HQ right now? Yeah, they must have leapt out and got away. I don't think so, because they seem to like not be able to be out and exposed for very long, and mm. everybody else in the room is dead. So th- okay. there might be de- five yeah. dead worms. That's, but they also you know, don't that's what really those. bothered me in the, the, the scene where they bring in O'Neill MacGyver and they show him the corpse. This, this I, I could not wrap my head around. I couldn't get past this. Like, they bring him in, they look at the corpse of this alien goon, and they say, he's not human. And MacGyver just goes, you think? And I'm like, what, what, wait, what am I missing here? Because that just looks <laughs> like a human with an X carved in his, in his tummy. Like, what? <laughs> it looks... Like a freaking human. Why are you making what? I had to rewind it several times to see. Is I am I missing something here that makes him very obviously not human? Because that's just a fucking human with a kangaroo pouch. Yeah, I've seen people at tattooing slash piercing conditions yes. who look more <laughs> abhuman than this. Yeah, I've met guys at Slayer concerts that look more non-human than <laughs> than this guy. I do like. I do love the round table we get here where they're like. With n- now knowing we're uh, adjusting for drift, mm. this could our computer could kick out two or three locations a month, and I'm like, ah, so two mm. and th- two yep. or three episodes a month with new adventures. <laughs> yeah. I see what you're doing here, writer. Also, Vic, maybe you can you can speak to this. They they tell Kowalski, yes, Major Kowalski, that he is now finally ready yeah. to lead his own team, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. he's a major, like. He could be he's, like a brigade he's, he's commander. He's also wearing the wrong rank. He's wearing captain's rank, and he's a major. I, I'm I'm keeping my mouth shut up over so many nitpicks over the fucking uniforms and everything. Because I mean, maybe he got promoted from captain to major. Like maybe that was him finding out he was now major Kowalski. But he should have been like leading people as a lieutenant and a also, captain. And they're already wearing the SG one and SG two badges. Oh, they are. The formation of the unit. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Oh. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> oh, man. It's that's, cool. that's I appreciate your costuming department. It's a thankless job. <laughs> uh, Again. We also hear, right before they go they go into their, their new location, we get the introduction of my character of the show, the character that I'm going to be ride or die for, Fred, Fred, yes, the robot truck. I made a meme about. I made a comic about Fred. Fred. I I, I love Fred. I hope Fred gets. I hope Fred gains sentience one day and gets a little voice. Yep. (laughs) So we find the code. There's definitely not a driver (laughs) sitting inside that box at the front. (laughs) They do some stuff with the code that they get from the guy who woke up, and they roll out to Planet Northern Michigan. (laughs) 
Oh, I said they, they fly <laughs> into the Pacific yeah. Northwest. It's, it's uh, very similar. Meanwhile, Cherie is the next person to be tested. SG-1 rolls out while SG-2 holds down the buggy. <laughs> and oh, uh, they remind we... us of Fox to get back. Yep. Oh, did I miss something? Yeah, no, sorry. This was way earlier. I was, I had had my, I had my notes originally. I was going to mention that when they introduce, or I should say, reintroduce Cherie, you know, Dan, Daniel Jackson's wife. That's a different actress than the original because she, that character was in the original movie as well. And but they did, the only actor I think who reprised his role was the the kid. He, that actor was in the original movie. So, Scar- it, it, I, it, I didn't do research. But yeah. when I paused on X-Ray, it will tell you not how many episodes they've been in, but what yeah. other stuff they've been in. And I noticed only Scara had the movie Stargate, Stargate on their credits okay. of like the stuff you'd know them from. Not conclusive, yeah, he was but that would be my assumption. But did anyone else, when they reintroduced Cherie and then Daniel Jackson has to leave and they say goodbye, did anyone else think it was a little awkward that that kiss goodbye that she gave him was a full-on fucking make-out session in front of the other everyone? Oh, showtime. <laughs> that is very 90s, like, we need to we need to make sure everyone knows not only are they together, yeah. they're very much in love. It's like, yeah, we need to make it clear to the audience that that they fucking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So jumping back ahead, SG-1 encounters some snakeskin monks on the planet that take them to the Parthenon. The real question is, is this the one in Athens or the one in Nashville? Are, are, are these the group of guys who look like they're coming out of a, a Monty Python convention wearing the robes and the staffs? Yes. <laughs> this like, I was like, what is up yes. with these guys? Just a random group of, of pointy-headed robe monks. Like, <laughs> I, I did, I did like appreciate like Dan uh, Daniel comes up to him is just like, hey, okay, we figured out a few words in common. All right, can you take me to the location? And I wanted the guys to be like. We're actually, like, on a hike. We've got a picnic planned. Like, we are doing things with our day. Mm. We can't just go show you around. Do, do uh, we ever get an explanation for, for who those monks are and what they're doing? Like, because they're just... <laughs> they ask yeah. if they're, they're here to choose, so I imagine that they're just, like, harem maintainers. Harem <laughs> maintainers. Whatever. <laughs> Or they just know every so often, every so often aliens show up, pick people, yeah. put worms in their bellies. Oh, uh, weird. So they go to this big feast. We get a almost line from Ghostbusters, but I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about the giant horn that they got blowing. Did you guys clock this? <laughs> this yeah. thing is practically the, it's the sousaphone of blowing horns. <laughs> I want one so bad. Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> I would be running around the Ren Fair with this thing just <laughs> all fucking day. <laughs> yeah. It's not a party until you blow the horn. The, everybody thinks they're gods until their gods actually yeah. show up and are like, who are these chuckleheads? Daniel does not take seeing his, his girlfriend, wife, having been taken over well yeah, and just gets heated into a column. He's just all like, peasants, you're queen. (laughs) It's a bad time. 
Which is like uh, such a random thing. Are the they guards, doing a tour? Though, uh, catches... where they just, he just goes to every planet and shows off his new wife to everyone. It's like, the, what was the purpose of him showing up? It just He just wanted to flex <laughs> his new queen. <laughs> yep. We chose. Hey, it's time for a party, right? That's why you've got this. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so we wake up in a giant jail cell where SG-1 catches each other up. And one of the guards... Yeah. Daniel has been unconscious for hours? Yeah. Not that, good. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> another show by Hayden in, in Modern. That's a bad time. I'm sure you must have talked about this before, but yeah, that's something I absolutely hate in, in action movies is just the trope of you punch someone and they're knocked out for hours. It's like, no, dude, if you're unconscious for more than a few seconds, you've got permanent brain damage, dude. It's like watch a boxing match or MMA knockout collection on YouTube, and you'll see that even these professional fighters, when they knock someone out, they're down just for a few seconds. Like, the human body doesn't work like that. You can't just punch someone, and it's like your fist is a phaser set on stun. Like, I, mm -hmm. that and neck snapping are my, irritate me so much. <laughs> like, they use that so much, yeah. Anyway, that does not, that, okay, since it's not specifically an SG-1 thing, I won't, I won't give it another Gator Hater point. So we're still only at three. So. <laughs> this is where our, our SG-1 guys finally get to interact with the character. Oh, see, I'm going through my notes here, seeing what we've already done. Oh, okay. So, like, MacGyver, uh, so in the original movie, the character, uh, actually a lot of people just smoked a lot. I guess this was just a 90s thing at the time, but everyone was smoking cigarettes. So that's... Uh, I, I guess they finally figured out that smoking is bad for you because I didn't see anyone smoking this time. But there were so many people smoking in the movie. So anyway. Yeah, I didn't either. So here we finally get, we've seen this one Serpentor guard yes. focused on more than the others. And here he finally starts interacting with our, our, our folks. We find out this is Teal'c. And he's given very, like, <laughs> I'm just following the orders energy. No, he's not. But he he's, has like, a not lot happy of, about are it. we the bad guys? <laughs> Moments and facial expressions. <laughs> when I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is wrong. <laughs> just going through my yeah. daily kidnapping routine. Yeah. So they. Yeah, Teal'c's <laughs> daily checklist is like, yep. wake up, make coffee, kidnap random women from other planets, take out the trash. You know, like, he's like, something's not right here. I think. Yeah. yeah, we're the bad guys. Shit. We get some C-tier, not Apophis-level people coming in to pick new new bodies. Mm -hmm. And Skara gets got. So now Skara is gone. And right as this happens, O'Neill is able to convince Teal'c that <laughs> I can get these people out of here. And they start a prison riot. Did you see the pool? They flipped the bitch. They, mm -hmm. they are able to blow out a wall. And we see the, the second instance of these serpentors have one move and that is yeah. stand yeah, in were, line and shoot at people those were Not some stormtrooper level tactics the right there just uh, stand there and and just they're like shocked when when they're yeah suddenly getting blown up by their i call them jaffa sticks i don't know if they actually have an actual name but the the staves that they have that are yeah laser anyway yeah they all get blasted and they just stand yeah. there and take it <laughs> yeah yeah they bust out of their gilded all you can parasite buffet. One might call it a golden corral. <laughs> uh, oh, zing! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do have one problem with this scene, though, and that is very specifically that they leave so many of these stabs behind. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, it's like yeah, alien technology. I did, there. I've they mentioned that too you know, in my notes. Sticks, take them with you. Weapons. You're you're escaping mm-hmm. jail. Oh yeah. Take the fucking yeah. weapons. <laughs> <laughs> they they keep going out. We see we see the mm. ring teleporters from the movie, which are cool. But like, how is it better than a ladder? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then have a, nice. a, a fight between the spaceship yeah. <laughs> and our our guys where we find out spaceship strong to staff guns spaceship not strong to rocket launcher so yeah oh yes kowalski takes it out with the yeah stinger. so it's one of those things that where it's like scene. i love that okay Fuck how yeah. advanced and- is this technology uh rocket launcher still works though so that's good. Mm. We, we <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had I was just like they're just trying to take this thing down and I've seen I I just watched V. So, they're like there's a scene where they're shooting a helicopter with like semi-automatic weapons or something and it just it is not doing the job. And it's like how many times mm. are you going to try and blast this thing before you realize that maybe its armor isn't effective? or is too effective mm. against your weapon. But then that RPG comes in, and I have to wonder if MacGyver <laughs> thought he just hit it right. <laughs> like, didn't see the rockets. <laughs> on. Got him! <laughs> uh, O'Neill is able to run up to Skara yeah. and tries to reason with him by saying his name. Uh, <laughs> and he gets force-pushed for, <laughs> uh, mm. for his insolence. This was... This was another moment. Yeah, this is four Gator Hater points now. Because I'm about to add another one. The scene where, earlier in the movie, where they're talking about Skara, and him and Kowalski are in the prison cell, and he's expositioning that, like, yo, yeah, I lost my son, and then I went on this mission to this alien planet where this young kid that reminded me of my son. That In the movie, they never, like, that was understood. It was implied they didn't have to fucking spell it out. That, you know, it was just conveyed really well. And I hated that they just had to had to come in and, and, and spell it out to the audience for this. And like, we're explaining this pop. It literally felt like he was reading the director's yeah. notes in that scene. Talking about <laughs> he has a special bond to Skara because he lost his son. And this kid reminds him of his son. It's like, yes, we know. Oh, God. It was just terrible exposition. I... I, I couldn't stand so it. So our heroes get to the Stargate, yep. at which point I noticed that Captain Carter has a Yu-Gi-Oh uh, wrist device holding her coordinates. Uh, <laughs> it, it also kind of looks like the, the play caller they have on quarterback arms. It's a Pip-Boy, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it is a Pip-Boy. <laughs> I, I want to ask you guys, do you think... Do you think Earth has the same seven symbols as the coordinates, no matter where you are, or is it bespoke from each individual Stargate? Because if it is uh, the same, we get, yeah, we get conflicting on this. I'm assuming it's the same, <laughs> but that that it takes them so long to plug in time that I'm just like, you guys should. It's it's seven numbers. You guys should be able to have this memorized, like. I play flashcard games with my son mm-hmm. that are more difficult than beep, 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 beep. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> if my theory from earlier holds true, it would be bespoke. It might be the same way they got there, but reversed to mm. say this this to here, and that might take them a moment. 
it might be a slightly different path, but they probably haven't figured out enough about that shit yet to be able to start truly mapping things if each symbol is its own Stargate. But I got no idea. I'm going to come up with another Zany Fury in four episodes, I'm sure. It seems like they were like, okay, uh, Jackson and Captain Carter, you're the only ones who can figure this out. And I'm like, if it is just memorizing seven symbols, everyone on this mission should have those (laughs) seven symbols memorized backward and forward. Yeah, they should know it. Should write that shit down before you go through the gate. While mm-hmm. they're doing this, Chekhov's claymores finally well, come into play. I was so disappointed when these claymores <laughs> one, one go moment. off. Oh, let me get to that too. I, I, I just want to interject real quick. So something that I do appreciate about SG One is it was a major plot point in the movie that when you go through the Stargate, it's a one way. It's a one way tunnel. So this is like later. Uh, is a big plot point because they get stuck on this alien planet because they can't figure out how to use the gate on the other side. They're like, well, why don't we just wait for Earth to open it? Like, nope, it doesn't work like that. The gate only goes one way. And they do, they they acknowledge that at the beginning of this episode where the Serpentor goons come in, they come in through the gate, then the gate's shut down, and then off camera one of them resets it to go the other way. So every time you go through the gate, it's just a, a one-way portal. So that I appreciate that they're maintaining continuity of that. I might make that a prediction later that at some point they figure out how to make it go two ways at once. So you can just step in and out. All right. Because right now the way it works, it's like it's a complicated thing. You have to go through it, then turn it on, make it go the other direction. Anyway, yeah, that's that's something I did appreciate. That's a big plot point, that the gates only go one way at a time. All right. So a bunch of soldiers are coming in. Check off the claymores go off. These soldiers do not have bulletproof armor. Like, 10 armed combatants take out, like, 60 dudes, <laughs> and there's one minor injury, mm-hmm. and Kowalski gets parasited, but yeah, besides real claim that... Wars in real life oh, are yeah. much bigger than that. I also, I did like FYI. that. <laughs> First, they're coming in one line, going <laughs> over the Claymore Hill, getting blown up, but then we see second line coming around from the side, and I'm like, ooh, this person went to Alien West Point. What if we had... Two lines. <laughs> <laughs> I'm smirt. <laughs> Kowalski gets parasited. Everyone makes it through. We get a little bit of stuff about, oh, Teal'c's joining SG-1 now. And then we get glowing yeah. eyes now, to credits. We are. We did it. Yeah. We watched Our heroes escape Stargate. the Stargate. And then they close. They have this metal grate <laughs> called the Iris that prevents the bad guys from following. And we do get some very nice yes. thud, 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 showing that some aliens did try to chase them. I was very <laughs> sad that when the iris opened back up, there was no goo. I was really hoping for some goo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is splat. <laughs> yeah, well, one of my predictions for later very much involves the iris. And and I well, do want to say... We uh, can get to that. Kowalski was a... Cool. Kowalski was one of my favorite characters in the original movie. He had he had a very minor role, and they recast him for the show, of course. But I loved Kowalski in the original movie because he was just an impulsive, like, Leroy Jenkins-type dude. There were a couple of situations where the team was getting attacked by aliens, and they're like, what do we do? We're pinned down. And Kowalski just fucking, Leroy, and ran out there straight towards the <laughs> the, the alien bad guys with their, with their laser sticks and... They're like, Kowalski, what are you doing? So I, I loved that they brought back Kowalski. But pretty sure Kowalski dies next episode. 
Either that or they just don't acknowledge him because, I mean, this is a little bit of a meta prediction here. You never see him on any of the, the covers of the Stargate DVDs or any of the posters. Kowalski, you're just like, where'd you go, man? It's going to break my heart if we lose him because Kowalski is like my, he's like my Gomez. My boy! <laughs> fucking love that guy, man. <laughs> you, you're, my, you're my boy, Kowalski. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, I'm going to roll some dice, and then we're going to make some predictions. So I've got my 46 and 1d4 here. Well, this should make a very satisfying thud. <laughs> well, boys, do we I rolled a lot of ones. I rolled, I, rolled, <laughs> I rolled four ones and one four, so we're skipping eight episodes. Oh, wow. Are we still in? I think is this going to be the first time in the show that we stay in the same season? It's happened for more before. Than one episode, <laughs> or stay in the first. But we've season also had some episode. shorter seasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be watching season one, All episode right. nine. <laughs> yeah. But before we get there, let's make some daytime, evening, and primetime predictions. Nine. And so while my co-hosts are writing out their predictions, I'll just explain this to our audience. We rank, we make three predictions of varying severity. So the daytime prediction should be the most obvious thing you think is going to happen. The primetime prediction should be the most outlandish thing you think is going to happen. We're each going to make three of these predictions. And then we're going to have a poll up on Dominion Media and Television, either there or the research labs. I'm not quite sure where. Well, there'll be a post where you will tell us which one of us is the most correct and I will say these are weighted. So someone getting a primetime prediction mm-hmm. is worth more than someone getting one, a two, daytime prediction. One, two, three mm-hmm. points is how we normally we'll score We'll do the math it. on all that. Yeah. yeah we'll, uh, so just tell us which one of us was yeah. the most correct in the poll. I don't want details. I don't want to know that I got my primetime mm-hmm. and Ben got his daytime and that's why I won. I don't want to know none of that. That's half the fun of this is not knowing <laughs> what we got right and wrong. We won't know until the yeah. end of the show when we go back and review the show synopsis. But you will be able to vote, and then whoever gets the most polls will pick the next yeah, we'll show that we watch. We'll put the details on that at the end of the episode. All right. So let's make right. some predictions. Lincoln, what are you doing up there? Guessing. I guess no one's coming. I have seen into the future. You ruined the prophecy. I'm all right. So my Word. predictions for this this first round, my daytime, Kowalski gets saved. I actually went the the opposite way of you, Victor. I'm thinking uh. he gets it everything fixed out. Okay. My evening prediction. I hope. Yeah, I hope so too. Kowalski. The season ends with them. <laughs> I forget what the name of the actual planet is. I just called it Dune. Back at Dune World. <laughs> without Scara being World. saved yet. He hasn't been saved, but they're able to come back and, and say, hey, oh, we, we're okay. figuring this out. We, you don't have to lock it up forever. Like, we'll, we'll come back and revisit you once every couple mm. of seasons. And then my prime time, <laughs> they find more gates on Earth. Ooh, Ooh, that's a good one. Multiple gates on Earth. All right. That completely destroys my gate through the stars theory. Probably. Probably. Unless those... <laughs> I could totally see that the, happening. The limited though. number of gates. <laughs> awesome. So I wrote down just a, just a shitload of predictions, so I'm not sure how to do this. Okay, so one... W- Daytime. What's the first one called again? The 
the first one is daytime prediction. All right, yes. so that's supposed to be just a simple one, something. I'm going to say that the iris at some point, that thing's going to get blown the fuck off. Like, there's going to be a sequence in an episode where they're, like, being attacked by, by Apophis or Ra or whoever, and they're like, the iris can't hold out much longer, and then there's going to be a scene where it just gets blasted off like a like a hubcap with C4, and it just goes <laughs> tumbling and flying through the through their headquarters. Because that's going to look cool as shit. Either that or it's going to explode like shrapnel and kill everyone. Either way, the iris is going to be, at least once, is going to fail spectacularly. So iris explosion is my first one. Okay, I'm going to say that Daniel Jackson... In, in the original movie, it was mentioned that An- Daniel Jackson grew up in foster care. I think that they're going to tug on that plot thread at some point in the, in the series to where they find Daniel Jackson's real parents. <gasps> and there's going to be something up with them. I am betting you that either they're aliens or they're a government experiment and Daniel Jackson is like genetically engineered and that's why he's so so freaking smart and weird <laughs> i think daniel jackson is fucking what happens if we make a man allergic they're gonna find, to they're gonna find his real parents <laughs> like that's part of his superpower that's a side effect of his intellect is he's allergic to everything <laughs> so and from here on out i'm just gonna refer to daniel jackson as dj so dj is half alien and they find dj's real parents all right so what is crazier than that? Okay, then uh, now it's time for evening prediction. Prime time. Another thing from the original movie that I absolutely loved is there was a scene where Ra's servants were roaming around the, the Ra spaceship and one of them is holding a cat. And I thought that was really cute because, you know, cats are so revered in Egyptian mythology. There's going to be an episode where the SG-1 team goes to a planet and they're like, you must help us. Our leader has been kidnapped. And they have to go attack all these. They go through a massive fortress. And they have to save the revered leader of this tribe's... Yeah, uh, this tribe's revered leader. And it's a fucking cat. That's what it's going to turn out to be. At the, end, at the end of the episode, they're like, we got him. We rescued... Where they is literally oh, saved the cat. The cat. So <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. They <laughs> saved the cat. That's going to be my third prediction. All right. Good to go. All right. <laughs> my daytime... SG-2's job is literally just guard duty of the gate for SG-1 every time. (laughs) But we will have an exception to this. We'll get a really cool Lower Decks episode with SG-2 at some point. (laughs) SG-2-focused episode. I like it. Yeah. Uh, My evening prediction, MacGyver's going to turn down a promotion so he can stay in the action. They're going to offer him control of the Stargate program. He's going to say no because he wants to go out there and explore. He's going to pull up a card. Or a Riker. He's going to pull a Riker and refuse to... Yeah, yep. refuse. Okay, good one. And then my primetime prediction, they can't save Sheree oh. or Skara. They're just... They're, they're mm. bummed. That's just not happening. Yep. All right. I mean, all right. Well, with promotion. all of that said, predictions are in. There's only one thing left to do. And that's say thank you. Thank you, Ripe, for our fucking bomb-ass theme song, Goon Squad. Still does not feel real. Love the shit out of the song. Find more of their music on Spotify or wherever you listen to any streaming music. They're all over. I know they're trying to get a Grammy nomination for their most recent album right now. 
I they should. Nice. It's fantastic. It's a great album. So thank you, Ripe. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us. If you go ahead and leave a five-star review of our podcast on someplace that we can find it, which is going to be like Apple or Podcast Addict and stuff, we will shout you out at the end of the episode. Victor, I believe we have one shout-out you had mentioned. Yes. Shout-out to David Pierce. Thank you for the five-star review. Greatly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, keep rolling in. If you leave us a review, we'll... And also, if you would like to participate in the show and help us determine the, the scores, head on over to Facebook and join the... Dominion Media TV Research Lab. It's a Facebook group. Put an application, and somewhere in there, just mention that you, you found us through the Last Time On podcast, and I'll give you an approval. And you can vote on the weekly polls that will decide which one of us is going to win this little game that we're playing with predictions. All right, and thank you to Annette Lucina for your photograph of a TV that you licensed under Creative Commons so that we were able to make our podcast artwork. Thank you for making free art so we could make free art. Yeah, so uh, join us next time on Last Time On for where we're going to review the episode Season 1, Episode 9, Thor's Hammer. And we'll see you next time on Last Time On. Hey, hey, hey. All the cool stuff